Hello, and we welcome you to the World Travel Dad Show, where we help you travel intelligently with your family, with trip planning, money-saving tips, and fun, funny stories. We are a resource for your next travel chapter. We are excited to have you here, and we hope our adventure helps with yours. Now, here's our host, World Travel Dad. Welcome into the World Travel Dad Show, where we teach you how to take trips with your kids while saving tons of money in the process. Our motto is, never put off till you're 65 the trips that you can take today. I have been so excited about today's episode. This is the third and final episode of the France edition. And we sort of did it out of order because we actually ended in Paris. But this is the most interesting stretch that we encountered. This is the two weeks that we spent in southern France. When you think of southern France... I know what you're thinking. You're thinking Nice. Um, for many Americans, that's all you're thinking. But there's 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 Villefranche, Sur Mer, there's Cannes, there's, I mean, Monaco, Marseille is a big city down there. Um, there's the Cote Cote d'Azur they call it. But we're not talking about that. No, no, we're not. We are talking about another part. We're talking about Catalonia. Now, why in the world am I talking about Catalonia? You might be wondering that. And Catalonia, it's not its not Spain, it's not France, it's not either of them, it's both of them. And it predates both countries. It is the stretch of... Um, stretch of coastline from Barcelona all the way up um, a town called Perpignan. If you look on a map, it's it's really only about 20 kilometers up into France, but it extends down what's called the Costa Brava of Spain, which is Barcelona north. And this is a, a fiercely prideful part of what's currently Spain. But like I said, it predates Spain and France. And I had heard of it. I mean, I've been to Barcelona. But I could not have been more impressed with Catalonia. So, first things first. We were home. Our home base was Surette, France. And that's about 10 kilometers from the Spanish border. And we, it, it took a while to drive down there. We, we had to um, spend a few days get, getting down there. Um, I'm going to be skipping over the Dordogne region that we stayed in, which was fantastic, but uh, I did do a blog post about it. But we, so we got down to Surette, and this town um, was fantastic. It's a small town. It's, um, this is a town of big league, classic, um, sorry, modern art heavy hitters. Names like Pablo Picasso, uh, names like Mark Chagall, Kaim Sotin, um, Henri Matisse, Salvador Dali. All of these famous painters spent years in the town of Surette. 
And so why I had never heard of that town is fascinating to me. Um, but I think it's just because it's kind of off the beaten path. I mean, it's right at the foothills of the Pyrenees Mountains. Um, it's technically in a part of the part of France called Occitania, or in the in English we call it the Aquitan, the Aquitan region, which encompasses. Um, I mean, it gets really confusing, um, but it encompasses part of the Dordogne, uh, part of the Roussillon, Languedoc. If you are a wine drinker, you've heard of the Roussillon, and I I will make time in this podcast to get into some of the wines because that was a highlight but um, the town itself um, had a few really good restaurants that we would um, frequent from time to time and it had two courtyards um, that were beautiful courtyards had the great cobblestone setup that I love had plenty of space for world travel dad to get his jogs in so he was not grumpy you know some of these big cities you're you got to play too much frogger and i get grumpy i can't do my jogs and uh Surrette, i could jog all day if i wanted to um uh, the people were friendly enough um not a ton of english spoken which i like you know i was trying to work on my french and um they a lot of people speak catalan um but the it's in France, so you know you gotta speak French, and that was fun. Like sometimes it didn't work out so well, but sometimes it, it was it was really fun. And um, it, you know, uh, beautiful town, and it was about twenty five kilometers from a beach town called Coulieu. So when I'm talking about southern France, this was my first experience with with like a Mediterranean. French town on the coast and I had heard of this town this is the one you know um, I'm sure I'm sure Rick I'm sure Steve's has been there um, if you've heard of Rudy Maxa I know he had this town in his one of his episodes it's expensive to stay in the town so we had a plan that we wouldn't stay there but we could drive in to go to the beach and we ended up doing that five times so we did it quite a bit and it was just a lovely beach great town had the old fortification, you know, the castle, the walls, the cobblestones. The water was amazing. And um, we plan to go back to this town. So I don't know. I don't know what it's like to go to the Cote d'Azur. I'm sure it's just amazingly beautiful. Um, but it's expensive and crowded. And Coolieu was neither expensive nor crowded. And we could not have been happier. One of the restaurants in Surrette was called Pablo Resto Bar. And so they, they entered the contest for the best pun on the name Pablo Escobar. You might be familiar with in Reykjavik, they have Pablo Disco Bar. I know Ryan Rosillo talked about that establishment in his podcast. And um, that's pretty funny. But I don't think... I don't think Pablo Escobar ever spent a lot of time in Iceland. I'm going to go out on a limb. Um, in, in Aspen, of course, one of the originals is just called Escobar. And um, I think you know why that actually makes a little bit more sense. So why would 
Surrett have anything to do with Pablo Escobar? You're you're probably wondering. Well, you're right to assume that Pablo Escobar never went to Surrett, but Pablo Picasso. Um, I mean, this is the town that Pablo Picasso built. You know, he's got these fountains there. I mean, the guy practically grew up in Surrett. Pablo Picasso, say it out loud. You've heard of him. Everyone has heard of him. And he he spent tons of time in this town. So that's the first relation. There's the Pablo. Um, resto. Resto is um, slang for restaurant in French. So instead of always saying restaurant, you can sometimes call it a resto, just like calling it like a place or a joint, you know, in, in the States. And so there you go. It's it's a it's a two level pun. Pablo uh, Resto Bar. Uh, really fun food, kind of a bar atmosphere. Um, bunch of young waiters and and waitresses that were that were really fun. We never really got to know anyone, but they they would smile at us and they knew we were staying in town. But you know, the French don't they don't uh, get past that first level. They don't make friends with people that they're never going to see again. So be that as it may. Um, at times it was a little frustrating because when we um, when we like to travel, we like to be a little more friendly with people. Now, I will say in Cool U, we ate lunch at a place three times um, on the beach, and we did become friendly with the staff there. Um, not for the same basis, but, um, you know, uh, very, very friendly reception, you know, kind of a, Hey, what's up? How you doing type of thing. And I think it'll be kind of funny if we go back next year to, uh, to go see some of our, our favorite people over there. Uh, Shea Simone, that's that restaurant. Terrific, terrific joint right on the, right on the water. All right. I want to finish this episode talking exclusively about art and I'm, I'm sorry if, if uh you that just if you're tired you're at work whatever and and that just made you more tired i'm terribly sorry but i'm going to try to make it interesting so grab some coffee grab some espresso um and uh and i'll try to make this make this good so the musee dart modern museum of modern art it's in surrett and it's a heavy hitter art museum they have big boys. Um, they have they have face melting paintings in this place, and nobody goes there. I repeat, nobody goes. Nobody's ever heard of it, and we had the place all to ourselves. Um, you know, I mean, there there's just I can't think off the top of my head of of a of a piece that that you would have absolutely seen. I certainly recognize some of it, but you're talking tons of Pablo Picasso, some a little bit of Henri Matisse, um, Mark Chagall um, is one of the you know all stars of this um, exhibit. Um, if you have a minute, I urge you to look at the story of Mark Chagall. I think it's fascinating. I mean, I, I had heard the name, but I'm not some art junkie. I mean, obviously, um, you can tell by the way I describe art, but um, his story is fascinating. Um, his family was persecuted at the time of the Second World War in Belarus. He was able to flee 
Um, I believe he moved to Paris and he was, he was treated very poorly. Like many, uh, many Jewish, I mean, he, he was Jewish and, um, you know, really atrocious treatment, but, um, but through it, he, he sort of has a story of, um, of, uh, redemption and, um, became just a fantastic artist. And by all accounts, later in life was a, was a really good human and wasn't one of these, you know, some, listen, some of these greats, some of these artist types and the, the writers are, they're, they're crazy. They're, they're almost sociopaths at times. And, uh, that wasn't Mark Chagall. So I like it. I like a good story like that. Um, he had some fantastic works at this place. Um, so it was just, I mean, the only place that I've seen better on this trip was uh, Musée d'Orsay in Paris. But this Museum of Modern Art, when you factor in that there may have been like four other people in this place and the access that you can get to the, some of these classic modern... Um, by the way, when I say use the term modern, that's a specific term of art. That doesn't mean like contemporary, like today's art. That means, you know, early 1900s. So... I, I call it a classic, which is more of the a slang term that a non-expert would use. Um, so classic modern art is, you know, kind of how I describe it. But it's 1900s, fantastic stuff. Um, you know, we had the audio guides. We, we did it all, and we got to go right up next to the paintings. There's no, no nobody standing around and... Um, oh, it was fantastic. And there, and, and a lot of, uh, you know, there's this guy, Frank Haviland. Um, I think he might've been American and he, he wasn't, he was some kind of, uh, almost like a, um, like a, gr- a groupie is how I would describe him. It, that's how they made it seem. And his paintings were phenomenal, um, of the countryside and, they love all the artists convene here because they love the light in the area in, in southern France, and I can totally see why. And finally, um, Salvador Dali grew up in a town called Figueres, which is about 30 minutes from Surrette. We took the day trip over there to the Salvador Dali Museum. The town of Figueres itself is cute, it's in Spain. I instantly notice that the Spanish people are um, more like Americans in terms of friendliness than the French. That's fine. I'm not making a value judgment. But it was kind of fun. Um, can't wait to go to Spain. We're, we're slated to go there in June of 23, 2023. We had lunch at a tapas place and met a very uh, cool waitress there that actually had lived in Perpignan, France. And um, and I, I love tapas. I just love that idea that you're just kind of snacking around there. And um, I just love it. I don't have to sit around and, like, wait for my entree. And, you know, I, I like that party. I like the party vibe. You know, I would be okay eat, eating standing up half the time. Um, uh, the kids kind of like the tapas. We'll see. We I haven't yet found a tapa that my daughter loves, but my son will kind of eat anything. So he and I kind of, you know, we go off on these degenerate sort of eating binges and dark alleys and 
Um, that's kind of our thing. So that's fine. It's not for everybody. But the Salvador Dali Museum was next up. That was fantastic. I'm not a Salvador, Salvador Dali fan. Um, I mean, I didn't think I was, but it's pretty amazing stuff. Um, I mean, he's a genius. This stuff's amazing. And the the way the, the way he and his wife put this museum together in, you know, the sixties or seventies or whenever they did this, I don't even, I don't know the history of the museum itself, but it's just a lot of kind of really interesting stuff. And it's a huge museum. Um, you get good value. You get your money's worth in this place. And they, they have numbered. Anytime there's a numbered system, I like that. I want to be guided. I don't just want to bounce around aimlessly. Um, so they guide you through. And there's some cool optical illusions that the kids liked. Um, both the kids now, um, you know, their favorite artist is Salvador Dali. And they were, they were, uh, just, I'm not trying to, overdo it or be cheesy but they were motivated by seeing what he had accomplished and they actually enjoyed this um i mean say that out loud the the kids enjoyed a museum i think some of the time they're just putting up with it so to wrap up that that was the southern france stretch my my reflections on our two weeks in surette are that the food was very good the oh i said i was going to talk about the wines oh that was that was close i almost didn't mention the, the wine and that would have been a travesty the the wines are um there's three main um aocs um which are the you know wine classification regions um there's the um uh, there's the Coulieu, there's the Cote de Roussillon, there's the Roussillon Village, and I think those are the main ones. Don't quote me on that. But what they don't tell you is there's all these kind of smaller areas. There's something called a Banuel, which is like a port, which is fantastic if you like ports. If you like red wine, the Cote de Catalan, which is just a little farther south, I believe, of the Roussillon in the Roussillon Village, the Cote de Catalan was fantastic. And it was so cheap that, I mean, I am a cheapskate. And I, you know, it's good. You just, you got to know what you are. And I'm a cheapskate at times. And getting that good a wine for that price, I mean, you just, you can't, you can't just, you, you can't do that anywhere. Um, it's hard to overstate. I'm just, my mouth is watering as I think about it now. And uh, if you could find Cote de Catalan in the States, you'd have to pay all the shipping and markup costs and all that. So you have to, you have to taste it there on the ground. And sometimes that's how it works. And that's what we're learning on our trip. So my motto is if you, if you love a local product, uh, get it while you're there and get a lot of it. And, uh, and almost binge it because when you leave you're not going to see it again until the next time you're there if ever on that note we will see you next time thanks for joining us